So the quote is from page 98 from uh, Working With Others. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. Dealing with expectations is a frequent topic at meetings. It isn't wrong to expect progress of myself, good things from life, or decent treatment from others. Where I get into trouble is when my expectations become demands. I will fall short of what I wish to be and situations will go in ways I do not like because people let me down sometimes. The only question is, what am I going to do about it? Following self-pity or anger, retaliate and make a bad situation worse. Or will I trust in God's power to bring blessings on the, mass, on the messes in which I find myself? Will I ask him what I should be learning? Do I keep on doing the right thing? I know how to do no matter what do i take time to share my faith and blessings with others okay so i'll hand it over to you well thanks ben uh <clears throat> i think the uh the spirit is captured in the one of the preambles which is that we are 100 men and women who have covered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body so the head may have us believe can you hear me the head may have us believe that uh, you have someone on Keith you're not muted okay all right all right so this idea that it's a hopeless state of mind and body really fuels uh, the fuck it really in the head, which is you're just going to keep doing what you're doing because you don't think there's any other possibility. That's a, an incredible conviction and faith in finite self that allows that condition to sort of permeate. If you really look at the diagnosis of it, that's faith in finite self. The head has told you it's hopeless, and therefore you're living as if that's the case, when it's basically a seeming state of hopelessness, and it's really going to depend on us, yes? Like it always does, just the whole thing. You can have a perfect program, yet if the patient is unwilling, it doesn't matter, yeah? It doesn't matter how sound the program is. It matters the, the willingness of the patient in this case, because the problem resides in the mind. It's not as if, if people could get relief from cancer by going to one meeting a day, there would be huge lines like they say at AA meetings, yeah? But this is a different type of disease. This disease tells you you don't have a disease really, yeah? It's just unbelievable. So. Yeah, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone, especially himself or herself. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And what's one of the conditions of trusting God is losing trust in finite self, yeah? There's always and in and in out, there's always a moving towards and a moving away. So they're speaking about the moving towards trusting in God, but at the same time, there's a moving away of trusting the finite self. And I feel 
it would be more valuable to have knowledge of self than live in the knowledge of God as self-knowledge, which is going to avail us nothing. I truly believe you can see what you're not. You can see this foreignness, this parasitical movement, and have a clear recognition you're not that, not as a mental denial trying to get immediate relief, but as a, a true transition or a change in your life. Yeah. This is what it says in AA, we're gonna be on a new basis, trusting the infinite rather than finite self. I believe you're pro all of us are on that new basis. Now, a lot of times, Paul, you got muted. Oh, you muted. You want to just start with just mute all and then start again, or no? Yeah. All right. So. Uh -oh. I saw people at recovery meetings, you know, when we go to rehab and the person was clean and sober at that moment, but his head did not think so. And it was just biding time because he truly believed he was going to go use drugs again, even though he wasn't using drugs at that moment. Yeah, there was no recognition of the miracle that he was not using drugs at the mo at that moment. And there was a faith in the finite self yapping as if, well, you're going to be going out on Monday. Yeah. This to me is valuable is to see the diagnosis of the underlying causes and conditions. Yeah. There's a power that we represent knowing it or not. It's called faith. And if we have faith, in finite self or in the thought system and we're believing this false evidence that constantly keeps being presented yeah as jesus supposedly said as you believe so it is so if you're believing the thoughts that arise out of this idea of self and are there to reinforce that idea of self you're in the, the condition of trusting self yeah the new basis is trusting the infinite When you're trusting self in the act of the being identified as it, when you attempt to trust the infinite, you're in this act of trusting self. So now you have a God of your own understanding, which I believe is a necessary beginning, but it doesn't stay that way, hopefully. I hope it transforms into a higher power of its own understanding, because that's going to be revelatory. Who wants a higher power of their own understanding? That would be that which is playing God, playing God with God, my feeling, yeah? This wasn't the idea of having your own idea of higher power was an introductory state. They'd said, you're definitely going to outgrow that, yeah? This is like how we get the person in the door, and then the miracle may happen. But, you know higher power my own understanding its big target is you know meeting a girl or getting a parking space in front of the meeting yeah my higher power is working no the higher power can initiate 
a whole transformation of you and migrate you from a failed system to a working system. Failed system, reliance on self, working system, reliance, they call the word God. You know, let's call, instead of being self-centered, you're centered, let's say, yeah? And then you have a new freedom and a new happiness, a new attitude and a new outlook. It's not like an old revamped attitude or outlook. You'll see a new, yeah? It's not like trying to change one lens of your glasses while the other lens is the same old, same old. It's a whole new pair of glasses. As Richard, that's Chuck C., Chuck Chamberlain wrote. Yeah, it's a new pair of glasses, yeah? Not a corrective of the old pair, a new pair, yeah? So we see our role in things with the hopes that that will reveal self's role in things. And maybe self has had a much huger role than you think. Yeah. And if you want to abandon something, it better be foreign because it's very difficult to abandon you because you're going to still be there. You can abandon a car because you're not the car. You can abandon something because it's not you. Yeah. You can abandon a child because you're not the child. You can't abandon you. Yeah. You'd still be there. So we're abandoning self over to this power, abandoning the idea of self to this power. Yeah. And then, you know, it says, you know, <laughs> the result's going to be nil unless these old ideas change. And what is the oldest idea we live by? That I'm this, I, this thing that's presented in my head all day. Do you really believe you did everything you did when you were out there using do you believe you chose to do those shit, that shit? Do you, or do you feel like you were driven or compelled or imposed upon or directed? I feel the secondary ex, uh, examples seem so much more fitting that I'm the doer, no matter what's ever happened through me, I was the doer of it, yeah? You can see it with just getting a flu. You act differently to people when you're sick than when you're not, yeah? You're more short-tempered. Everything seems bleaker. It doesn't, you know, you can fall into a certain, like a, like a monotone depression. Yeah, and then you get well. In this case, we're living as the flu. We continue the flu symptoms when the flu had the possibility of leaving. We bring them into recovery. So... This was fundamental, this idea, this change. That's why all the supplemental, there's masters of all that. There are so many incredibly well-versed people in the steps, traditions, the world concepts, everything, and the way this thing works, yeah? I want to just see the underlying causes and conditions because they're the big movers and shakers, I truly believe. And it gets to be really... What, a, what basis are we established in? Is it reliance on self or is it trusting a higher power? It's, they're not, you can't merge those two, yeah? You can't have two masters at the same time. It just doesn't work. So what is it, yeah? And you can tell the tree by its fruit, yeah? 
if I'm traveling lighter, uh, I'm not on the phone, you know, going over bitching about shit for three hours with people every day. I've, you know, I feel somewhat balanced and healthy. That's not of my own doing, but that's the effects of relying on a higher power. Yeah. If I still have tons of anxiety about what's not happening after 30 years of being in the program, I would have a suspicion that there may be a trusting finite self somewhere because that would produce those effects. Trusting the higher power would not produce those effects. It, they won't. You get grounded in this moment. Yeah. You're not grounded in what's not happening. So you can actually sort of tell the tree by the fruit. You can tell where you may be standing in all this by the effects you're living under. Yeah. And if we tell the truth through doing inventories and making amends and doing all this, after a while, there won't be a confusion. You won't like scramble the messages from the old employer with the new employer. You'll see the difference clearly. And now you'll be directed by what they call what? Good orderly direction. Yeah? And the effect of that being driven by that produces an ease and comfort, not a fucking incredible anxiety and neuroses. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel satisfied and content as a basis, which causes a lot of the driving to get out of shit you're not in to stop. And now you can really like smell the roses and look at the hummingbirds and open the door for the cat and do whatever has to happen. Yeah. I don't want to be a master of the leaves. I'd rather be a master of the root. The root has much more effect than the leaves. Yeah. And I believe the AA way, the recovery way, is a two-pronged possibility. It's like one's going north, one's going south. It's difficult to sort of merge them. And it's trust in the infinite rather than finite self. So obviously... Knowing it or not, we can lean either way. And many of us have lent, leaned one way, which is trusting finite self. We believed what was being presented in the head implicitly. You know how many times my eyes saw that my escape route was a dead end, and yet I still ran down there and then got my ass kicked when the cops inevitably got me? How many times I relied on self instead of my own freaking eyes? Having you know, relied on self, thinking I have a position of strength in the back of the police car, and I start bitching about how I'm being treated. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get ill-treated when you get to the station. Was that reliance on self? You better fucking believe it. Yeah. We have, all of us have ample evidence of what reliance on self looks like and what happens when we rely on it, I hope. Yeah. And I hope a lot of us now have an experience and an observation of what it's like to live based on reliance on a higher power. Yeah. I think we can discern the difference quite easy at times. Yeah. You get in the habit of being sober, just like we, we were in the habit of drinking or the happening habit of getting loaded. I'm in the habit of getting sober now. I, 
this river, because it's been flowing in one direction, even though it could flow another direction, it's going to be hard to turn it. It would be like turning the Titanic, yeah? It would be hard, hard, hard to turn it now because it's in a groove of being sober for 34 years, yes? It has some oomph in this direction. I don't feel the river's just going to go left or right. I just don't, yeah? So I love this platform so we can just put this out. Yeah. You know, base, you know, yeah. That's why I think it says, you know, the drinking and using is just a symptom. There's underlying causes and conditions. Yeah. It would be good to see what they are and what they're not. Yeah. So you can discern when the new employer, when the old employers masquerading as the new employer, you'll recognize it. Yeah. As the old employer and your trust will not be in finite self or in the thoughts, your trust will be in the spirit and not the idea of the higher power. Yeah. And results will occur. Effects will happen and you'll know the tree by the fruit. So there you go. I'm very, very keen on this because this was the pivotal point in recovery for me when I saw self as foreign and I stopped taking inventories of self manifestations and called them mine. I stopped that in its tracks. Now, when I do an inventory on self, I see the manifestations of self. I do not see them as mine. I don't. Yeah. If they make a mess, I make amends, just like if my dog shat on the neighbor's lawn, I would clean it up, but I don't ruminate for 20 years. Why did I take that shit on the neighbor's lawn? It wasn't me, it was the dog, yes? So something's walking the dog all the time, either higher power or lower power, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thanks everyone thanks ben thank you okay thank you paul all right i'll open it up for questions if anyone's got anything anything to share or any questions to ask um you can raise your hands if you like um so mike do you want to come in Thanks a lot, Paul. Um, you reminded me constant, or every time I listen, I've been listening a lot after the fact, so it's nice to be here on live. You reminded me that, you know, and I get constantly reminded that self can't get out of self. And it's funny, I really saw that at a deeper level in 2020. We were all in this workshop. And that was the whole thing, is people would just basically be in the workshop talking about how deep they were in self-reliance. And there was something that was hitting me there. And I was like, wait a minute, aren't I just reinforcing this idea? And if I'm reinforcing the idea that I'm deep in self-reliance, and I'm just supposed to sit and write inventory over that and read inventory to 10 different people, I feel like the knowledge I got of why I thought I was in self-reliance just actually was more of a trick because as much as I brought that into working the rest of the steps you know four through nine but specifically six and seven 
I was still using self to get out of self with this like spiritual jacket. And I had such an awakening to that in the last, I don't know, the last six months that I was still using the steps to get out of self. And I'm still probably using this new knowledge to get out of self. But there has been some traveling lighter because I do believe that a surrender has been brought about with the idea that I can do the steps to get out of a situation. You know, I mean, obviously, like you said, we we clean up the shit that the dog created. But I know that I've been driven throughout my life and I no longer beat myself up like I used to or the self doesn't beat me up for thinking that I created all this, you know, by my free choice or whatever. So I, I really appreciate you, dude. Thanks for breaking this down. And you know what? No matter how you use the solution, it's going to work. And it's going to actually work to a point where it will show you how you're using the solution. No, that's it's still a solution. No matter if it, you're not using it or the head is not using it as one, it's still a solution because it will allow you to see that sooner or later. Yes? So you'll see the subtlety of self constantly reinforcing that you're completely entrenched in it and all the ways you try to get out of it. Yeah? The whole point really is to see you're not in it, that this is not another way to get out of it. It's to see maybe the possibility that you're not in it, yeah? yeah. That it talks to us as us, but it isn't us, yeah? So I found the great escape was the wisdom of no escape. You can't escape from an imaginary place. Seriously, I hope you get the flavor of that. You can't get out of what you're not in. And in fact, you are not in or are a self, yeah? You're something other than that. And that no matter how much there's an identification presented that you're something else, you never lose the nature that you are, which in recovery, I say they try to capture it with spiritual condition, the term, yeah? That spiritual condition it doesn't matter how many gloves it's put in, it never loses its own nature, yeah? So you can be in a glove for 20 years, it doesn't turn into a glove, yeah? It's, it has its own nature. It's not, it's not a chameleon on the nature level, on the essence level, it's of spirit. And so all the shenanigans the head tries to pull, it usually says it's already pulled it. It says it's historical. And uh, after a while, you see that ain't true either. So more gets revealed, as it says in uh, the vision for us. It says this power is going to constantly reveal to us stuff. Yeah, that's what happens. So while we're in the solution, it, it will constantly reveal how the solution is being used to make a problem by the head. Yeah. Yeah, it's just beautiful. So that shit that was unsuspecting, you now see it. Yeah, you've got a very clear composite drawing of the thief. <laughs> and it appears as you. <laughs> uh, so I love no matter what, no matter how bad or wrong I was doing it, the steps were still working. <laughs> When I came in, it didn't matter because there was a momentum that wasn't going to be altered by all the mental shenanigans. It was just so 
every fucking way I got through whatever I got through in a way worked because I'm still sober. And it brought me to realize uh, the futility of trying to use spirit to get out of spirit, so to speak. Yeah. You can't get out of what I truly am, which is beautiful. Yeah. That's why I don't have to worry about getting in it. I don't believe that we produce a spiritual condition. I believe we do certain things that diminishes a mental condition, really, so that the spirit's condition can be re readily seen or sensed or felt. It's not like we built it up like in a gym. It was always available. It's just we weren't, yeah, because the mental condition was amplified to a great degree. The program diminishes that, and then the spirit becomes obvious for some of us, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Why wasn't it obvious? Because we were up the ass of self. It had nothing to do with building spirit up. It had to do with diminishing the mental reliance, really. And that's what the program does. And then the spiritual solution is readily available right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary because for all intents and purposes, it's us, really. Yeah. Just and this is what the the problem try to mimic. The the problem has implied and reinforced and insinuated what it's talking about is us, yeah. And that try as you may, you're never going to get out of it, yeah, because it's you. But that's not true. But the real truth is similar to that, which is you are spirit. You're not in a spiritual condition that you can be kicked out of. You are a spiritual condition that can override the going in and out of other conditions. Yes? yes. This one sun doesn't go down. This one sun doesn't get eclipsed by the mental moon. Yeah. It's all seemingly so. It appears to the sun that the moon has eclipsed it, but it hasn't eclipsed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check out the word seemingly in a dictionary. One of the definitions in the dictionary I looked at was it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah. So what's the main arbiter of true or false is us. Yeah. If everything is really seemingly so to us, because it's not seemingly so, False evidence is false evidence. It has to appear to something that's truly real, which is us, to be real, for it to have a real effect. So false evidence appears real to us. Us, we're the big point, us, yeah? So we can make it look like a hopeless disease of mind and body or a seemingly hopeless disease of mind and body. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah? it's not going to argue really, because it doesn't have any say. We're giving it the meaning it has, yeah? So I believe us is reality, and false evidence is presented to reality, and in certain conditions, reality takes the false evidence to appear real. And then actions are based on that, which is what they describe as a decision made on self, that sets off trains of circumstances that do a lot of shit. And then we get caught up in that tumble, rinse, wash cycle. And there we go. Yeah. 
all the while not realizing our role in everything, yeah? Because we're not seeing self's role in everything. Yeah. I find that to be incredibly valuable every day, every day. When your basis change, it's much bigger, more influential than changing things every day, yeah? It just is. It's like a long-term investment that's much, much better than playing the market like every five minutes, let's say, yeah? You're guaranteed traveling lighter, yeah? You don't have the great dramatic joy of losing everything or getting a big giant thing, but I would love, I just love bypassing all that shit. Yeah, because you know, when people go out, uh, they may not have a surrender, you know? It may be a few months and who wants to live through that unbearability, yeah? I've seen people who knew they thought what AA was, but they went back out and AA hadn't changed, but they did. And now they didn't like AA. They didn't like the meetings and they had a drive. They had an urge to drink or use, which they had, it had been removed for them for years. And it was one of the biggest surprises in their lives. They could not believe their memory of it did it no justice. And I could hear them like moaning at these meetings, talking about, I had no fucking idea. I want to drink every day now. Fuck. Yes. You want to play with that? No, no way. Yeah. So there is a solution. I think it's best to see what the problem is truly and find out the solution instead of trying to know the solution from the problem. I really do. Yeah. I would just rather tell the truth about what I'm not than to try to imagine the truth about what I am. Because I'll find out what I am as soon as I get uh, uh, removed, as soon as uh, the interest has migrated from what I'm not, I'll definitely find out about what I am. And you will feel it. It won't have to be conceptualized or chanted or affirmed. You'll live from it. Yeah. It'll be a living tactile sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, Ross, I've asked you to unmute if you want to come in. Hi, thanks. <clears throat> Hi, Paul, how are you doing? <clears throat> Sorry, just clear my, my vape throat there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so I came on your meeting a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about self and things like that. And, um, you know, my sponsor's really really on this page with everything and you know I kind of was as well but in recent times <clears throat> being on this meeting and doing some work with him really really pushed me over the line with it um you know I was suffering from flashbacks let's say and through having done a sort of step four and five recently <clears throat> I realized that self had convinced me that flashbacks were a natural part of my recovery and what it was, it was, I was holding on to the idea that 
I was I had done these things, so I had these like extreme moments of embarrassment, which turned into like a flashback, you know, and like really quite intense. Like sometimes I'd be screaming out loud in the shower, just going, ah, you know, just how painful it was. And then that stuff that you spoke about, you know, I, I really have experienced over the last week and a half, most of the time, like complete clarity in my mind about self trying to tell me these stories about things and people and judgment and all that, and just being able to totally just push it away, you know? And the flashbacks have stopped, which is a relief <laughs> because that was really torturing me, to be honest with you. And you know, that just, and I can really see now, like if there's things <clears throat> that, I sh that I shouldn't be doing, you know, not unspiritual things, if you like, um, I can see how that feeds itself. You know, it's like, it, it becomes blurrier in my mind of what's self and what's, you know, true thought and all that sort of stuff. Only had one moment of that early in the week and um, I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute, you know? And um, <clears throat> yeah, just like, I have really experienced a new freedom, you know, for a lot of my time. So I've been in recovery about four years or so, and I have experienced something similar for this for quite an extended period, but the flashback started ramping up and, you know, self had convinced me that I needed a girlfriend to be okay as well. So that I went through a whole sort of process with that. But funnily enough, God has provided me the perfect platform to deal with that stuff in a very healthy way. You know, I've started really going into the same sex ideal sort of stuff, which has been uh, a bit very liberating. But yeah, <clears throat> really, really getting pushed over the line that almost everything in the past was self and manifestations of self, it just it just kicks the door right open to the spirit, you know, like, I, I was just like, you know, I was just in the shower the other day and I was just sort of listening to music and I could feel it like the power was like bursting right out of my chest. I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. You know, it was like a very physical experience of just clarity and peace, you know, it was quite something, you know, and just that stuff that you're talking about, you know, the pearl will show you the truth, but I, I, I don't know what it is. And, you know, I, I see it in the fellowship in Scotland. A lot of people don't talk about self. You know, I don't know how it is in America. You know, um, I suspect it's probably the same, where it's quite a small amount of people that really go down that road. But it's funny because I feel like you can't tell anyone. They have to be ready. But at the same time, you're like, just understand. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the strangest yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, thanks very much for putting these meetings on because I've sent your video to a couple of people, sent it to one of my friends in recovery and he said he watched one and a half minutes and he was like, oh my God, this is the real stuff, <laughs> you know, in the recovery chat and all that sort of thing. But yeah, thanks very much and thanks for letting me come in. <clears throat> Thank you for that share, yes. This is sort of like, you know how when they describe the effects of recovery in the book, you have an intimacy with it. So when you share like that, I have an intimacy with that. And I'm sure a lot of people here have. Yes. Yeah. There's uh, people describing like the migration from reliance on self to a new reliance, very similar sense and feelings. Yeah. So you can, yeah. 
that's the beauty of this, where we, we're being relieved of a singularity, this idea of self, even though it's presented as different names. It's the same stock version, so to speak, yeah? That you're the doer of whatever came through you, no matter what. You're the thinker of all these thoughts, bad or good. You're the, yes, it's the same, same, really. It, it has a different uh, feeling obviously when you're living it because of the it produces it brings about a to some extreme a terminal uniqueness yeah so you feel like no one thinks like you do or feels like you do and then some people will even have a life they, and it could be true that no one's gone through what they've physically gone through but it doesn't in one sense it doesn't matter because you want to see the similarity not the difference yeah the difference is where the problem thrives yeah it's always trying to make shit that's sort of a stock version as unique <laughs> so thanks you thanks for sharing bro yeah and we have another right next to our friend we got lj Ben, yeah. if you want to get yeah. LJ. Okay. Hey, so I raised my hand and then I took it down. And and then when Ross talked about flashbacks, I put it back up and I don't know if I'm gonna make any sense, but um I've been doing this clinical trial and I have a, a lot of PTSD stuff and everything is coming to the surface you know I feel like if I I ran out of options and I mean I've done everything to fight this cancer somehow I came up with fucking four hundred thousand dollars probably all together over 15 years and I was just a poor single mom you know but it's also complicated and such a long story but anyways I made a deal with the devil man I'm Pfizer's bitch and it's breaking me wide open. And I feel like I'm spiritually bipolar. All this rage has come up from my childhood and towards our so very broken medical system, both conventional and alternative and and I go into this trial and I become the biggest Karen that you've ever seen in your life. I'm such a fucking bitch. And, and, and then I'm apologizing after I rage because it's not who I truly am. And it's awful. And this last week, I just really broke and I went all Norma Ray and it was my oncologist and all these pharmaceutical reps. And, and I was just fucking raging and I don't even know what I said but whatever it was I think was the truth because everybody just was looking down and and the only thing I remember was this sweet little pharmaceutical Pfizer person I looked at her and I remember pointing my finger at her like I was some kind of black witch and telling her I can feel your heart your heart is good and pure but it's going to turn black if you continue on with I mean it was fucking just fucking crazy you know and and 
they're making me do shit that's that's gonna kill me but I don't but if I don't take these drugs I'm gonna die anyways and and so and nobody will fight for me so they gave me the number for some Pfizer person back east and so when I left Seattle I calmed myself down so I was sane and and drove over the pass I'm in Idaho now and uh when I I, I called her and, and, and she was horrific. And I realized that, I, you know, I'm nothing but a fucking lab rat that they're going to throw in the garbage can. And this is all for corporate profits. It's not about saving humans. And I have no power, none. I can't fight Pfizer. And I came back here and I shook all night. I got so cold, so cold, and I thought I was having seizures. And, and then the next day, I, I went into this non-duality spiritual trauma group platform that's out there. I'm just going to fucking say the name. It's Scott Colobi's group. And the experience that I had with him and in that group, was not good it was not good at all and and I, I won't go into all the details but I ended up telling him in the end in his group that his multi-level marketing spiritual platform was bullshit and that he was a fucking douchebag which I realized is uh, I don't I don't even fucking know but once again I was brought to my knees and then I'm hey honey can i can i just jump in a second I, I think in a weird way this little reading is perfectly appropriate it says here burn the idea into the consciousness of every man and women that he can he and she can get well regardless of anyone even even pfizer yeah well this no no let's just stop there because uh this is a situation many of us find ourselves in yeah it seems like an airtight case i can't get out of what i'm in yet it says burn the idea into the consciousness of every man and woman that he can get well regardless of anyone the only condition this is right out of the book yeah the only condition is that he trusts in god and clean house yeah so uh i know there's this all this stuff happening on the surface level but on the un, un, under underneath level this is totally appropriate which is yeah i remember it just in my humble experience been sober a long time surfing a long time everything was very nonchalant uh everything was going just so i'm in the ocean here in san francisco and the knee went out yeah it popped out and it wouldn't go back in so i had to get off got out of the water someone had to help me to my truck i uh and then i knew i was screwed 
and it set off a train of circumstances that brought me to hospitals. And then I came to a conclusion that the only way I was going to be able to get back in the water was to have, because it's structural, that I have an operation. So I entered the op world of operation and the operation, I felt a weird energy around it and the doctor, and it went bad. So I woke, came out of that situation where my knee was pretty good, except I, it would go out. Now it was hurting in all these other ways. So I had to have a second operation to correct the first operation. And then after the second operation, still things were weird. I just said, fuck it. I'm just not going to do this. Yeah. And I backed out of that idea of getting a third operation or whatever. And I, it, it led me to the point of not doing anything. Really, truly not doing anything to make it better and shit like that. And it's been gradually getting better over these years. Yeah. And so uh, I don't care how far you in, you can get out. Yeah. And maybe this fear of dying has put you in this position that it feels like you're going to die every day. Well, man, make a, you know, this is a very Cecil D. DeMille, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese moment of surrender. Yeah. And just fucking, you know, work with some people outside of the medical and this and shit from recovery and start seeing what you can do and what you can't do and get and take care of yourself instead of because the acting out if it's directed in the wrong way just furthers the more acting out if you bring it to people who know what it's like to be in a situation you're in. And I don't care about the specifics because people feel exactly like you with different specifics. Yeah, they do. People can make mountains out of molehills. So yeah, you that's what I would suggest. And I'm very can I happy. Say, can that I say more though? Hmm? Can I say a little more? Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I've been at this place years ago um, the terror and all this stuff reared up. And I had this moment up on a mountain where my grandfather started speaking to me and my grandfather's dead, you know, and the big old tumor that I had in my liver freaking disappeared. And that's what he told me. And I thought I was having a psychotic break. But then when I went in to have a liver biopsy, the tumor wasn't there. And I walked away from the medical system for seven years with stage four cancer and just cruised, which there's no, it shouldn't have happened, you know? And the the other thing that's been happening lately is, I mean, like there's, it's like there's this war, there's all this darkness, but then there's all this, I have these moments where like all this light and love comes through me. And, and like, I started praying again last night and I haven't prayed in a long time. And Ironically enough, I decided to pray to the brown skin hippie Jesus. It's probably I got triggered by the Super Bowl commercial or something. And I and I woke up with like this whole plan that that I wrote down that I need to make cookies and, and take my cannabis cream pain cream and take it to the medical providers. And and I'm going to a cancer center that's not trauma informed. And, and take all this and use it for good, use it to help the other people. And I got really creative with this idea and it like lit me all up, but I'm like, 
flipping back and forth between these two worlds so often that it's just really confusing. Well, just leave the one world. And, you know, and so I'm not an authority. I'm just sharing as a member. But I saw when I got sober in 88, the meeting that was my home group was a wild meeting. And a lot of these people by 89 were dying of AIDS. Yeah. And you know what? You know how many people died sober? A lot. Yeah. They accepted something. They stopped fighting it. They accepted it. And they had some, they had fucking honor and gratitude and integrity. And they were incredible uh, examples for me because I, you know, it was just amazing to see what these people did and how, how they stuck with this sobriety. Yeah. And I was only a year sober. So yeah, no matter how much you think you're under the devil's uh, do, you can break the contract. Yes. The yeah. crazy thing about all of this is, I mean, I've done all the things, but I was an alcohol and pills girl. That was my MO. And I have total access to that right now. I could get as many prescriptions as I want. And it, it doesn't even pop into my head through all of this, which is crazy. Yeah, you're over that. And maybe you're over something else that you seem to have some kind of contract with. And I feel like you can null and void it. Yeah. And maybe let life take its own course. Yeah. Yeah. I've been laying on tables where there was a suspicion I broke my neck in the water and the doctor broke the news to me that, you know, you're never going to be able to surf again. If you hit your head, it's going to be the end. And uh, I looked at him and I said, man, I've given up things I've loved, you know, so there you go. Yeah. So, and I went back in the water three months later and I lived under that thing that if I hit my head, I'll probably die, but I liked the water. And then I was convinced to leave the water mostly from problems with the knees. So, so yeah, you know, we're here to support. Uh, I just think the reading is perfect. And, um, you know, even with Pfizer, you have to see your role in things. Yeah. Even with, you know, this whatever giant monster machine, you, we have to humbly look at our role in things. What keeps me going back to this thing that I see as so uh, dark and malevolent? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I would really, hopefully, you have people, hopefully, that are in recovery that you can speak to on a, not just on a platform like this, but, you know, daily to sort of listen to other people's take on the same thing that you're involved with, because uh, there's nothing like a new perspective, really. Yeah. So, and we're here as best, as best we can. And I'm sure people would stay after the meeting who have similar situations or whatever. I don't even think the situation has to be similar. <clears throat> Everyone has felt similar <clears throat> with vastly different looking situations because the head is the primary meaning giver. It's not the specifics and the particulars. Yeah. This is a life based on principle, which outshines the particulars and specifics. Yes. 
you have to render to Caesar what Caesar's, but you're not a Roman citizen. You're not of those things. Yeah, that's my feeling. So, yeah, you're very clear about stuff, but something I would ask clarity for, yeah? Yeah, I would. I'm not going to say what I think it is. I think it's best for you to find out, but ask that spirit in you. Uh, what is it I know they don't want to know? And see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, honey. Thank you for feeling safe enough to share. And I, I don't have an intimacy. I don't have... I don't think I have cancer. I haven't had that particular stuff, but I have had obviously a lot of life-threatening things in my life. And uh, sooner or later, that there's coming to to a peace about dying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I would be moved to do to keep prolonging something. I really don't. I feel like, uh, you know, I could go out kicking and screaming at the last second, but I feel like uh, the inevitability of this bargain we are, we're in, which is being born and dying, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think I want to lose a lot of qualities just to keep physically living, but, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, yes. I think it's an important, uh, you know, I witnessed, I had, the, I had the great privilege of assisting a birth when I was younger. A lady named Fran, the guy who got her pregnant wasn't there. So she wanted me to be there and I helped hold her legs and we had a full length mirror. You could watch the baby come out. And it was such an energy in that room. And then I witnessed someone dying and it was the same energy, basically. Mm -hmm. It was like the same doorway. If you're on one side, it lo looks like entrance. If you're on the other side, it looks like exit, but it's the same door. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you so much. You. Yeah. You. Anyone else? Yeah, so we've got one more hand. Uh, thank you, Flasher. Um, Derek, uh, let me unmute you. Okay. Come in, Derek. Derek Alcoholic, what up, my people? What up, y'all? Y5, Y5, Y5. What's going on, y'all? So glad to be here, man. Paul, thank you so much for this meeting. Everybody in the background, everybody that shared. Power. Yeah, this was powerful. This was definitely, definitely powerful. And and what what I got for the reading, it, it took me back to we agnostics, where it's you know it says how we have been worshipers, and and you know and and it reminds me how I was worshiper, I was worshiping like all these um, things about my life that I didn't even know I was worshiping, you know, and that's why I'm grateful for the process, you know. I used to be like, oh, I have so much PTSD or, or, or oh, uh, I'm from the hood and, you know, I can't get this. This is not meant for, you know, th those things. And I held on to them like they were precious. Mm, yes. And, and y'all would say, nah, D, like, 
put turn it over, surrender it to God. And I'll be like, yeah, but I but but you don't get it, man. Like you don't get it. You know, when I hear when I hear a soda pop open that you know that you know, I, it, it reminds me of a beer opening or it reminds me of a gun cocking, you know, that sound, you know, and that, yeah, like, Derek, go through this process, bro. There's a power within this process. And I realized when I focus on the solution, which is the power that I call God, and I focus on that goodness, and I look for that goodness in every situation. I'm able to handle it, you know? I'm able to endure it. I'm able to, you know, I'm able to breathe with it. And I'm loving, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. What a powerful meeting, y'all. I'm so glad I was here to witness it. I'm glad I was hanging out with the fellowship today all over the world. So still learning to be humble trying to stay teachable. Thank you again, Paul. Oh, great. Thank you for your share. Very good. Yes. Thank you. That's right. There's a famous story uh, in one of the editions called Freedom from Bondage, and it captures what our friend just said, which is a lady had a story, an ongoing story, that she would do anything to get out of this resentment she had concerning her mother. Yeah. And she had a huge story about it. And then she uh, got sober and she realized uh, it was completely different than that. Her resentment of her mother was giving her excuses for her own failed marriage and rationales for why nothing's worked. And she became like the golden calf this resentment towards her mother it gave her it was the logic the mental the disease was using to rationalize this whole place and so she realized if i don't get out of this resentment i'm going to drink again and to her to drink was to die so she was in that dentist office or something and she saw that magazine with an article from a priest saying if you have a resentment you can't seem to get rid of do these things which was Pray for the person to have what you want and more, no matter if you mean it or not, and just do that for a while until the flavor inside changes. Yeah. And so she did, and she got re relieved from that resentment. But how are you going to get relieved of something that the head wants so much not to be relieved of? Yeah. There's got to be a truth telling to recognize that there's a, there's a, ongoing agenda that's basically really overshadowing what you think is your agenda and that that ongoing agenda is what is from what's taken us over yeah and so we're basically being used for transportation to live out its agenda disguised as our agenda yeah and for it to say out still disguised as our agenda a lot of the agenda can't be revealed to us because it wouldn't be fucking appropriate. So basically, we're in the dark a lot of the time while this parasite's running its life through us, yeah? And so, yeah, we have gilded many things we thought we would love to get rid of. And in a weird way, there's a mental worshiping. Yes, of course. 
And uh, that's why we like the question, you know, what is it you know that you don't want to know? Because a lot of times when people call me about, I don't know if I should leave this relationship or not. And I said, well, if you just sat down and asked yourself, what is it you know that you don't want to know? I bet you the truth's going to come up <laughs> because maybe you know that that person's crazy. And though she has money or she looks beautiful, this and that. I think I can get enough out of it before it blows up. Well, that seems to be an insane a decision based on self. Yeah. And then if you follow through with it, when the shit hits the fan, at least you won't be bitching everybody. You'll you'll be accountable because you knew better and you did it anyway. So it's beautiful. And some of that can be brought about by just doing an inventory, you know, simple inventory, because the inventory will produce an answer, and the best part of it, it won't be your answer. Yeah, it will be an answer that's contrary to the one the head brings about. Yeah, I did it once perfectly. It told me, do not pursue this woman. I pursued that woman, and uh, <laughs> the payoff cost ratio didn't prove to be successful. Yeah, there was a payoff, but there was a long-term cost. <laughs> I was warned. I did it, and then I just took a, I took we quote unquote accountability for it. So I didn't spend a lot of time on phones bitching about it to people, and it worked itself out. But I learned a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. It's been a very nice meeting. You want to end now? Oh, we have three more hands. Let's go. Yeah, you still want to go, Paul? Yeah, Probably yeah. Sure. Okay. So the first one is um, ham and cheese, Tuscan. Um, okay. Hi, my name, yeah, is, my name is Frank. I'm an addict alcoholic, and I've been in uh, recovery for a while. And I remember earlier in recovery, I did this thing called Landmark, and they were all about the story. Everything about the story and the rackets, the story and the rackets, the story and the rackets. And it was like, so I even went and paid more money and uh, did a couple of their advanced classes and they were like still all about the story. <laughs> and uh, they made us write the story and tell the story to somebody over and over and over again until it was just a story. There wasn't really any meaning to it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know if that helps anybody, but, and there was one other thing that I learned too, is that God doesn't exist in the past or the present. It doesn't really matter what you call them. You're only going to find peace. Me, for me, I can only find that peace and that grace in the in the moment. I can't find it anywhere else. So if I stay right here right now, I'll be fine. And that's all I got. Thanks. Thank you, Frank. Nice to hear from you. Yes, I think Greg. Yeah, Greg, do you want to come in? Hey guys, hey, hey Paul. So uh, uh, I hey. guess my message is probably more directed at LJ, but so when I sobered up this last time 18 years ago, I found out I had blood cancer and there's no cure for it uh, until you get really bad and then you could do a bone marrow transplant. Well, I finally became candidate to that about 17 years and then found out I couldn't get the support I needed uh, to help me get through the recovery part of it. And so 
you know, at that point I was feeling pretty angry and uh, had everybody on the hook and, and, you know, people didn't care about, I was going right back to the old way of looking at things like I did when I was still drinking. And um, that wasn't working real well for me. And I really like what you said, Paul, you said, you know, if, if, if I'm going to die, do I want to go out kicking or do I want to enjoy the last of what I have to enjoy? And maybe that was where that unexpected, uh, unexpected, uninspected resource came from. Uh, you know, I, I did. I asked myself, what am I supposed to learn from this? And if I was to learn something from it, um, am I willing to pay attention to it and let it teach me the lesson that I need to learn? And, uh, and I did. And, and the biggest one for me has been, let it go the best I can. I still see the doctors and all this stuff, but less and less am I feeling sick. I'm feeling better and I'm really enjoying my life. And it makes absolutely no sense. Just like my sponsor. I remember I used to come to meetings and <laughs> I'd want to talk to him and I really get some big problems and he goes, good, go shake people's hands at the door and welcome them. And I'm going like, man, I got some really big problems. We need to talk. He says, we will, but they can wait. They're not happening now, like Paul says. And uh, none of that, there was no reason in that, but there was a sense of relief from doing what I was asked to do. And, you know, now I guess I'm far, far enough along where in most instances, I have enough common sense to understand that with most situations. I can, you know, I can divorce myself from whatever's appearing and not accept those circumstances as the reality. I get to choose what reality I'm going to live in. Um, yeah, so anyway, I know I'm kind of, I hope I'm not pontifying or whatever, but I, I just, I know that there's more than just two choices. Things aren't black and white. And um, if I'm willing to trust, just have some faith, you know, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm going to die. I'm going to die anyway. So what, what can I do to enjoy my life today? Take a shower, get up, go to a meeting, see who I can help that's new. You know, I called my mom today and I, and, uh, you know, I couldn't believe I like asking if she wants help and wants me to come over and take her grocery shopping. You know, I just didn't do things like that before, but I do them now because I get to, and I can, even though I'm still not well. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for what cancer has taught me and alcoholism and being overweight and being a smoker, all those things I'm not anymore because I turned it over. Um, and I, I think it can be that way for pretty much anybody. I'll pass. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thank you. And so uh, Giselle. Giselle. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm an alcoholic and loving this meeting. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone. Um, I don't know if there's, I, I'm going to try to keep it real short. Um, you know, I, I have a very special friend in recovery that uh, was told she would pass away from cancer um, eight years ago, and she poured herself into service, and she poured herself into trying to enjoy life the way God intended her to do. And she's still alive. Um, and uh, now she, she had gotten rid of all her stuff, you know, and plant, made her funeral arrangements and everything. And now, you know, I'm helping her with a decision to buy a house, you know. <laughs> so, you know, um, 
and and I just want to say one thing. Um, I hope it's okay to mention this, but I I, I study Emmett Fox, um, and um, there was something that really struck me yesterday along the lines of of your philosophy, which I love, which you know doesn't change the big book, but it is a a better way for me to look at it, and has been, and it's a book about um that is authored by Emmett Fox and it's called Find and Use Your Inner Power. And it has many, many, many um, antidotes in it, but this one is entitled Stop Limiting God. And I'm not gonna read a lot, but I'm gonna say this. Um, you know, uh, when you say there is no way out of my difficulty, what can it possibly mean except that you cannot see a way out? When you say it is too late now, what can that possibly mean except that it is too late for you? When you say the problem is too great, what can it possibly mean except that it is too great for the faith that you have at the moment? And, you know, now I can look at this differently. You know, um, before I used to question, well, how can I get away from that thinking? You know, um, how do I know, you know, that I'm not thinking that way? Well, now I can be more aware of it because the self is limiting the power of God. Not me. It's the self that doesn't want me to get closer to God and doesn't and wants to limit God's power. You know, and um, it's just so it's just such such a great greater way of looking at things. You know, because I used to say all the time, "It's too late for me." You know, I'm now 62. I had 20 years, I relapsed for eight years, I'm 62, there's no life left for me, you know, it's too late. Well, that's the self saying that, that's the self that wants me to go back to drinking. You know, there's no limit to what God can do, whatever the doctors say, that's all I wanna say, thanks. Thank you, thank you. And one thing, uh, you know, you're always going to be looking at things, but you can see them differently for sure. Yes. Yeah? So this is the uh, this is the essence of traveling lighter. It's not saying that things are going to turn always great, but whatever life has in store for you, you'll travel lighter through it. And that basically is uh, quite valuable to me. <laughs> Tell you the truth. So, yeah. Um, thank you. And let's thank everyone. Nice meeting today. Appreciate it all. I'm going to say goodbye. Giselle, thank you. And if you're interested, Emmett Fox, he did a famous thing on the Sermon on the Mount that we've used a lot in recovery. So that's the person she mentioned. You can look him up. Uh, LJ, thank you for everything. You initiated a lot of share airing up which is great and uh yeah seeing it or not i think you got uh what you were what you were looking for today yeah so that's pretty cool that's a nice way to base your investigation of the day yeah it worked so great nice to see you thank you for your share and your experience we got michelle i don't see her but but a big M, Jimmy R, as always, thank, nice to see Jimmy here. We got Chris B, Tom W, Tom, 
Tom from Washington, always nice. Bill Churchman, Kathy in Cleveland, Ross O'Neill, Scotland. Say the word miracle, Ross, for us. Medical. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Gary C., nice to see you, my friend. Oh, Haley's dropped in. Yeah, Howley, like an alley. That's what how I remember. Nice to see you. Ben C., thank you for your service, Ben, and leading the meeting. Joseph, always a pleasure. Mia, from uh, I don't know where she is, but there she is. <laughs> I don't know where she is, but there she is. Kathleen, always happy. Keith M., nice to see you, Keith. Thanks for showing up. Sally, as always, appreciate it. Gail, Pink Cloud, yeah, there she goes. Nice to see Gail. Uh, she's getting ready for a new do. What's happening, honey? Yeah, all right. Okay. We got Suzanne M. Always a pleasure to see Suzanne. Michael Stacy. I'll see you today. Hey, by the way, we have a, a meeting at 4.30 Pacific time based on another topic, but uh, nonetheless, you can go through the Zoom just like you use this Zoom. It's the same Zoom room. Uh, Hopefully I'll see some of you later. Kurt, as always, nice to see Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Mike M, Miranda, traveling well, good. Thank you, Miranda. Uh, let me see another, we got Oliver in Berlin. Always a pleasure to see Oliver. We got Tony, it's looking nice in Santa Maria. Nice uh, cloudless sky. Roman, Roman, yeah. I'd love to be in anything with Roman, but I'm not, I'm not a Roman. <laughs> uh, I'll have to work on that, but yeah. Nice to see you, Roman. Bruce, as always, uh, we got, uh, Jacob is in the Hudson Valley at the moment with, Oh, lovely, lovely Alex somewhere. We got Jack, wicked pisser. <laughs> yeah. Ham and cheese, Frank from Tucson. Jeff down in Southern Cal. Kelly. Uh, Amy, Amy in Seattle. Laurie. Sean S. Let's see. I think I've captured everyone. Uh, hey, thanks a lot for holding the space for all of us. There's Alex. Nice to see Alex. Yeah. Uh, Cindy. Oh, John S. in Florida. Nina. I almost missed Nina. There she is. Sometimes, you know, you save the best for last. What can you say? Very nice. I didn't see all of you. Bruce, I think I got. Hey, thank you, everyone. Hey, again, I'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you all. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul.